You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 55. In this episode, I'm speaking to Lisa Woodruff about how to go from overwhelmed to organized entrepreneur. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Lisa Woodruff, who is a home organization expert and author of several books on the topic. Lisa believes organization is something you can learn and she shares her practical tips, encouragement and humor through her blog and podcast called Organize 365. You'll find links to Lisa Woodruff and show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 55. I am super excited to be here with Lisa Watroof, who is a friend of Natalie Ektal, and she recommended you come on my show. So thank you for being here. We don't know each other yet, but we're just going to get to know each other on the show together. Thank you for being here. Thank you. We will be fast friends. Fast friends. I like that. Fast friends. So yeah, it was a recommendation of Natalie Ektal, who was earlier on the show, to ask always for two podcast guests and I had never thought of that and (laughs) I am realizing as I'm doing 100 shows I will run out of friends at some point I will start to interview (laughs) my family and people who are not entrepreneurs and that's not good so Lisa you are my first stranger guest on the podcast (laughs) very brave (laughs) and I've already realized just by talking with you for a few minutes and you being so patient to wait a half an hour for me to actually show up. <laughs> We're already best friends. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so we want to talk about the overwhelm that entrepreneur experience. And before we go into that, I want to know from you, how come you're doing this, what you do today? And what is the, then the problem that entrepreneurs have when they start to get up? Get a me- I, I was telling you about the messy table. We'll, we'll dive into that. But let's start yes. with a bit your background. So I was raised by two entrepreneurs and my great grandmother had four businesses. Like growing up, I didn't even think about getting a job with someone else. Like I always knew I would have my own business. That was never even a question. I went to college, but not to get a job. Mm -hmm. So I always knew I would do something. And in 2009, I had 11 Schedule C's on my tax return. So in the United States, that means I was running 11 bona fide companies at the same time. You know, like I was cleaning houses, I was tutoring, I was in a couple of direct sales businesses, I was a teacher. And then in December of 2011, our family just came to a screeching halt. I could no longer work outside of the home. Our whole entire house was a mess. I was trying to figure out what I would do next. And I was about to turn 40. Hmm. And so I looked at all of those jobs I had and every single, I was like, what's the commonality here? Like all of them were profitable. Yeah. And the commonality was in every single job, I either helped someone get organized 
or I got the job because I was organized. And organization was the reason I was successful in every single one. And so I started to organize 365 as a blog January 1st, 2012 and started going through my house, my hot mess of a house. Every drawer was a junk drawer. I didn't even know what was in the cabinets or the closets anymore. My house had become so neglected out of just survival mode that I had to retake my own organization back. And then I launched a whole business. I didn't know what the business would be. Uh I just knew if I kept at it long enough and kept sharing my teaching and organization passion, something would come out of it. And it did. What happened? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, lots, lots. So yeah, a lot of people start with a blog because it's a passion, but how do you actually convert it into a business? Yeah, that takes a long time, let me just tell you. <laughs> so the actual blog and writing ebooks and all of that really did not make money the first three years. The only reason I was able to maintain the organized 365 website the entire first three years, including I had VAs, I had people pinning for me, I was hiring people with no money, was because I had a service industry. So I was physically professionally organizing people in Cincinnati and the money that came in from the service industry, I turned around and I poured into the blog to pay for the hosting and editing and the help that I needed there. And so I wasn't really profitable until year four. Okay, so how did you make it into an online business finally? So it's so interesting, the things that are really popular now, I'm in my fifth or sixth year of business, I lose track, are ideas that I had back in 2012. And when you start a blog, or when you start a podcast, or whatever your media outlet is going to be for the message that you want for your business, by repetitively making printables, ebooks, blog posts, podcast episodes, being interviewed, there will be a few core ideas that are unique to you that will rise to the surface. And eventually that's what your business will be founded on. So mine was the Sunday basket. I had created the Sunday basket in 2002 when my kids were little just to survive. I'd talk other direct sailors how to do that, how to keep track of your daily paper. In 2012, when I started the blog, I wrote an ebook about the Sunday basket. I had that in a couple of bundles. I wrote a lot of blog posts about it. But it wasn't until this year that I realized that that actually was a product. And now it's trademarked. We have a patent on a basket that's going to be produced. I have 24 licensees in two different countries that are doing workshops. And we're about to open up our next registration launch for that. I do three monthly virtual organizing classes online that earns income as well. So the Sunday basket is one stream of income. And then the other one is by continually going through my house and organizing my own house and figuring out how do I take that professional organization service that I do in Cincinnati, how would you translate that online? So through a bunch of reiterations, we just launched for the sixth time, the 100-day home organization program that I launched three times a year. It's the 100 spaces in a woman's home, has nothing to do with kids, husbands, or the size of your home or the country you live in. You go through these 100 spaces, 15 minutes a day, three times a year. And by the end of that first year, your house is really organized. Wow. That sounds like magic to me. (laughs) (laughs) Six years and magic. (laughs) Six years and magic. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, because my audience is entrepreneurs, mostly women, and what I hear a lot is the overwhelm with everything they need to do, especially those who are starting in their business, don't have a big team, just maybe just one way a VA, if they have a VA, and their house becomes a mess. And I I need to be honest with you right now, I'm in the middle of a launch 
and my house is a mess and I am feeling the effect of it. So I would love to hear your advice. Maybe how do, how do the women, the female entrepreneurs avoid getting into this mess in their home? And if it's a mess, what is the effect of it? So there is a new study out that says that clutter does raise your cortisol level, raise or lower, I think raise, whichever one the bad one is. It it actually does affect you negatively. You have two choices as a woman. Number one, you can do planned neglect. This is where you consciously make the decision. We are eating out. We are eating on paper plates. I am not doing dishes and I'm sending the laundry out for two weeks because I'm in a launch. So we are purposely having pizza five times this week and you release yourself from the guilt. The second one is you have to get real with yourself. According to the Pew Research Industry in the United States, it takes 28 hours a week to maintain a house. And that's without children. What? That, (laughs) yes. Right. It's more than a part-time job to be a homeowner. That is lawn care, grocery shopping, meal planning, clothing care, other shopping that has to be done, regular cleaning of the house, changing the sheets, if you even do that anymore, washing the towels. I mean, just living takes 28 hours a week. And the statistics used to be, you know, like in the 50s, 26 of those hours was done by the woman. Currently, the split is 18 hours for the woman, 10 hours for the man in an American household. So if you're a female American woman, You should just slate 18 hours to your home every single week. And if you're not giving your home 18 hours a week, you're falling behind. So you can outsource. I find that to clean my house takes me six to eight hours a week. So one housekeeper, which is six hours a month, seems to eliminate like eight hours a week for me somehow. But then again, that costs money. And I've lived through this. So you're going to go through times where you say, okay, I don't have the money. So I'm going to do planned neglect. And we are going to eat on paper plates for the rest of this year. Like we aren't even going to do dishes. That's going to eliminate two hours a week for me. And that's what I have to do because I can't hire something else. And my children don't or can't help. The other thing is to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and hire that housekeeper for $50, $60 every other week. And then I am going to devote an extra four hours a week to my business to make up that money. So it's just a reality check. We yeah. don't live in hotels. No, we don't, unfortunately. So and basically, somebody's got to clean it. Yeah, yeah. somebody's got to clean it. So when we don't clean it, something does happen to us. You know, mm-hmm. it's like this overwhelm, this feeling of overwhelm. And it becomes so much to clean or take care of that we don't even start. So another thing that happens that I've observed with my friends, and I'm 45, so people I would say they're 35 to 50 about that age group, is we move into entrepreneurialism or going back to work in the United States, 70% of women in their 40s will be working who may have stayed home with their children in their 20s and 30s. And we get up as an entrepreneur, we work from home. This is a problem because we see our home and we identify with being responsible for the home. And we have this work thing that we're kind of sliding in on the side. And what I really encourage you to do is be firm with your work hours. Like I used to get so mad at my husband because he would go to work and he would say, I'm working. I can't do that. I'm working. And so I would take care of the kids in the house and he would come home and I would try to work and he'd be like, hey, I'm not working. You shouldn't be working. I'm like, well, when am I supposed to work? 
So when I made the mental shift that the kids are at school and he's working, I'm working, I literally walk by all the mess into my office and I work when the family's not here. And I do the laundry and the dishes and the cleaning and all of that in the evening. Whereas in the past, I would do that first. Let's get the whole house clean before I start working. But that's my best working time. I'm a morning person. So I can get a lot of creativity done. If you're a morning person, leave all that to the evening when your brain is dead tired, fold and sort all the socks then or stop matching them all together and just shove them in the right kid's room. They don't care. They'll pull them out of the drawer. They'll wear a mismatch. They love that. So stop putting these expectations on yourself of what a perfect home looks like. There is no such thing. And start prioritizing your business hours and your office hours and make those the most productive they can be. And then doing the stuff in the evening. Now, if you're an evening person, swap that. If you wake up and you get your most creative juices in the evening, then I want you to do the dishes and the laundry and the grocery shopping and prepping for dinner before noon. And then you're allowed to spend from two o'clock until whatever, 2 a.m. focusing on your business. So what if the house is a mess and we're feeling our life is a mess as a result of it and our business becomes a mess or is at least heading that direction? Where do we start? So I say to start with uh, one space. And I almost always tell people to do the kitchen first. The kitchen, then the master closet, master bedroom in your office. Those are the spaces I want you to start with. Forget about kids' rooms, basements, garages. We don't have time for that. But you spend 80% of your time in wherever your home office is and your kitchen and your master bedroom. That is where you're going to spend almost all of your time. So if you can do 15 minutes a day and continue to declutter that and get your one space, like if you can get your whole kitchen organized and purge the whole thing and get it organized, even if the rest of the house is falling down, when you walk in the kitchen, even if you don't know what you're having for dinner, the stress goes away because at least you know what pots and pans you have and you know where the food is and it's all not expired. Same if you walk in your closet and everything in there fits, put something on. But if it doesn't all fit and you haven't culled it and there are clothes all over the floor and you have 80 pairs of shoes, you spend so much time figuring out what to wear. That's decision making that you need for your business, not to put clothes on your body. Find five outfits you love and wear those five outfits for the next two months. That sounds so simple when you say it, so but simple. so simple, so simple. Yeah, don't take the time to organize the whole entire closet. Just pull five outfits that you like out. Just wear those. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So going into launch mode, you would have that whole strategy set out, eating out or having pizza, deciding upfront what you wear. And wow. Every spare minute is like, oh, should I run another Facebook ad? Oh, you know what? I could do a quick Facebook Live. And if you've picked out five outfits that you like, that fit, that you look pretty good on, you know, from the waist up, because that's Facebook Live, right? You're good. And, you know, vacuum the room that you're in. You're fine. Keep going. And then take money from that launch. Like say, okay, the first $150 I make is going to be for somebody to clean my house. Yeah. It's the first investment I made in my business was hiring a housekeeper. And the thing when a housekeeper comes, you have to you clean have a to little bit clean. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good accountability. It's, yes. Yes. You don't want the poor person to come into your mess. So you, mm -hmm. you got to have that sorted. So tell me a little bit about the Sunday basket. I know we've talked about now the overwhelm for entrepreneurs, but what is the Sunday basket? I'm curious. 
So I'll tell you the Sunday basket real quick, but what entrepreneurs need is the Friday box. So the Sunday basket is where you put all of your mail and your actionable papers and to-dos all week long. And then on Sunday, you empty the basket, go through everything, do what you need to do and put it back in the basket. The idea is every single piece of paper that comes into your life that can wait until Sunday goes in the basket. Like my mail starting on Wednesday goes in unopened. I go to the mailbox, get the mail, dump it in the Sunday basket. I don't even look at it. I don't even take out the stuff that needs to be recycled. Then on Sunday, this takes a couple hours, but Sunday afternoon, I get my Sunday basket, I empty it, and I touch every single piece of paper and I say, can this wait till next Sunday? And if it can, it goes right back in the basket. If it can't, I pay it, I sign it, I put it on my calendar, whatever I have to do with that paper. But it's really a control mechanism for the overwhelm that you have. That way, you know where the birthday invitation is for your kids. You know, like just now, I just got paper that needs to be filled out for a doctor's appointment I have next week. Well, if I didn't print that out and put it in the Sunday basket, where is it? Like you don't know where it is. So that way you can work confidently and neglect everything around you. But then when somebody says, hey, I need XYZ back, you just go to the Sunday basket. You know, it's right there. Checks that need to be deposited. I need to go pick up a dress today for a wedding. I totally forgot it was at the altar, but I know the ticket is in the Sunday basket. So that's for your home. Now for your business, what you need is I call it a Friday box. And this is where you put all of your ideas and everything that you're working on. And Friday afternoon at two o'clock, I think everybody should stop working Friday at two o'clock. That's the end of your week. Your brain is gone. And you go through this Friday box and I pull everything out. And in there, I have like all the ideas for my business, like the TV show that I want to do, the book I want to write, all of those things. And I touch each of those pieces of paper or I put them in slash pockets, which are little plastic sorters like this that go into binders that have tabs on them. And then in each of those slash pockets, I say, is this the week I'm going to launch a TV show? No, it goes right back in the box. But right now I'm working on my Sunday Basket licensing program. So all of the folders related to that are currently on my desk. And I look at my calendar for next week and then I block out time for making the workbook, for recording the videos. That's going to be my focus for next week. This way, you're allowed to have all the ideas you want. You can write down everything on little pieces. I use index cards like this all day, every day. I usually have like 50 of these in my Friday box by Friday. And I look at those and I match them into the right slash pocket they're supposed to be in, or I get rid of those ideas, or I take action on them right away. And then every Friday I get to pick what is my goal for next week. I really plan week by week. And then I devote that whole next week to that goal. Fantastic. Friday box and Sunday basket. We have learned something new and I have loved, absolutely, I love my new friend, Lisa. <laughs> it's been fast, fast friendship. And as my show... I told I keep, you. <laughs> yeah, you told me. I like to keep things short and sweet. You know, my shows are not one hour long. They're actually just 30 minutes or less. So I think any kind of uh, finalizing words, Lisa, words of wisdom to us entrepreneurs who get into overwhelm one hour and then... I think that uh, your house starts to fall apart around you when it is no longer your priority. I think that's fine when you are starting your business. But I have found that I now focus Sundays on my home and I want to work all the time, all the time. And Sunday, every time I want to go on the computer, I go, okay, what's three more things I can do to help my home and my family for the next week? And I do as much as I can on Sunday, but then Monday through Friday, I don't really think about my house and I allow myself to put all of my energy into my business. 
That is very good. Thank you. I feel a little bit r- relief just hearing that. Yes. It's okay. It's okay. Yes. It's okay I to wait be a until workaholic. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so now I need to make sure that we actually meet live so we can hug each other. I'm sure we will. Natalie yes, will make we will. sure that we'll. Yes, we will. And thank you so much for being on my show, Lisa. You are in my first stranger guest. <laughs> And it went fine, I think. This is as a part of my 100 episodes and 100 days. So thank you for being one of the first 100 guests. And yeah, I wish you all the best with your new program. Thank you so much, Sigrun. It's been an honor to be on your show. I'm super excited to be in the top 100 podcasts that you're doing. When Natalie told me you were doing that, I was so excited. Want to turn your passion into profits? Get free access to the seven stages of a profitable online business by going to sigrun.com forward slash 55. There, you'll also find links to Lisa Woodruff and show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.